problems. Um, and so I can't remember what your wicked problem was exactly, um, but kind of the lack of advocacy in the area, I think, and among some other things, and just kind of the social injustice. So um, to kind of raise awareness and make a space with the resources that they had at the time, they created the podcast so that um, they could interview and get real life experience from people native to Pitt County or people who have lived in Pitt County for um, you know long amounts of time and have a lot of history or knowledge about their area and how um, different populations are treated from personal experience. Okay. So we've got, I want to say 10 episodes right now over yeah, something oh, like since that. it started. Um, and so we've made a few episodes each semester since it started. Um, I'm a volunteer with the project, and it was actually Cameron and um, some other members that originated it. But Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I joined on to this last year, so this wasn't my original project. Um, the original group, they kind of, their focus was professionals at ECU or people who work at ECU, black students at ECU, even some black students on their podcast. So when we kind of took on the project in August of last year, our thing was, okay, that's enough of ECU. ECU is only a small part of the whole Pitt County and the whole Eastern North Carolina. So we really wanted to branch out from the university and actually get into the community and speak to people who are whose lives have been affected by a university being here because you know you can drive a few minutes east west north whatever of ecu and it looks completely different and it's not as developed as the university itself so we want to talk to people who are a part of those parts of the area and not just associated with the university so that was what the podcast is for trying to get like a representative um opinion on their experiences in Pitt County, which would include people outside of ECU, because ECU, like she said, is just a very small part. Mine's going to be rare and highly unusual. But, um, where are you from? I'm from Janesville. It's like a... Oh, you right up the top. I know. I'm so so close. Oh, Lord. This is where I go. Uh Uh Go to Raleigh. Okay. Yeah. Were you ready for me to start? Yes. Yeah, so, um, okay, I am um, Mary Perkins Williams. I'm currently the chairwoman of Pitt County Board of Commissioners. I am a native of Pitt County, and I was born during World War II, let's say 1945. You gonna put my age in the pub? But I I was born during um, World War II times. My parents were uneducated, and their grades were second and third grade. Um, Farm girl all my life. Um, My parents, my father's a minister. My mother was a deaconess. And that's a, a title that the churches had at the time. But the household had a... Yeah, a little slight difference in in membership. My father, a Methodist minister. My mother was a Baptist. And so I I joined the neighborhood church, which was Methodist. The same church uh, that my father pastored, but he he refused to pastor the family. So as a Methodist, he traveled a long time. My... I never had brothers. 
all of my siblings were females. My mother had five girls, and I was the last born. And but the one between my sister, who lived before me, and I, she died at an early age, maybe three months. And so there was a 17-year difference between the knee baby and I that lived. Um, my sister next to me and I were the, were the only ones who finished high school. Um, the rest drop out um, due to pregnant, you know, childbirth and that sort of thing. And people, when they got pregnant, couldn't go to school, you know. Mm-hmm. Just when, that's just for the way of you went away, had a baby, you came back. This community is where I was born, on the north area of Pitt County. Exactly where, I don't know, but it was close to here, so I've not been too far as far as where I was born. My parents own a farm right up the road, and our farm, this area, when I was growing up, has always been integrated in that the white families and the black families lived next to each other. We did get along, we did have conversations, and we did have disagreements. But we uh, always find a way to resolve it. Someone got sick. We really were a community of it takes a village. Um, the neighbor right next to our farm was named Balathus. I don't know what um, the original name of B-A-F-A-S Balathus B-A-L-A-F-A-S and they had twin boys and Miss Nancy I don't remember her husband but Miss Nancy was the mother of two twin boys and then, um, I was reared with foster care children because my 17 years and the oldest one was graduated and gone by the time I was getting to do. But my sisters, my oldest sister's son, when she had her son, my mother raised my oldest sister's son as her child. And so, therefore, they, my father got to have the boy that he wanted. <laughs> so, and um, it was it was good times. I say, you know, we, my father was good at raising certain like Irish potatoes. We had cucumbers, and the people of the other parts had strawberries. And when the crops were different, and um. Miss Nancy had grapes and um, something else she had. I don't remember right now. But there was an exchange of crops. Our farm grew nice potatoes and everybody could get potatoes. And whoever, and my father could really grow watermelons. And so everybody ate watermelons and everybody shared it. He had the refrigerator watermelon, someone had another, and there was an exchange. There was never money passed 
for the foods. And so we, everybody ate off of everyone's land. I don't remember any, any disagreement back that. Um, my mother had a real knowledge of ancient herbs and eat and how to prepare for sores. She could go out and pick a weed at, she called it junction weed and put it in, soak it in vinegar. You know, it's stinky mm-hmm. weed. You know that. Yeah, weed. it smells awful. Yeah. <laughs> and, but the June bugs loved it. Yeah. So she soaked it in the salt and then she would put it on it and when it would draw the Infection or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fever. yeah. So you know about that. Mm-hmm. So wherever it came from, she knew that sassafras. My father could make the tea, sassafras tea, the rabbit tobacco tea, the white root tea with the sassafras tea, and it was good for all kinds of things. So I we I don't remember any sicknesses in our house that were serious. Although I do remember that my sister who was the third sister up, her son that was born when mine was, I think he caught typhoid fever. Mm. And that's how he died. Uh, And uh, he he was Milton Jr. But other than that, I don't remember any uh, diseases that was prevalent. Do you remember like your the history of you know beginning to work at ACU because I found out online even before I met you that you were one of the you know first um, African American staff to work in any okay. position other than well when I got out of high school they were trying to integrate ECU and I refused to go because I wanted to leave home mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I went to Durham and so I mm-hmm. traveled back and forth but when I got out of school I didn't my mother had worked for the some of the professors. Oh wow! And so this is, and um, I was recruited to apply for a position, and I applied under Wendell Wallace Smiley, who was the head of the library. And um, I went in and interviewed, and he um, hired me as the. Periodicals Librarian for Public Service. I was the first one in that position at Jonah. And I was the first faculty member in Jonah. And at that time, there had been other black staff recruited around. I remember Jasper Register. He had gone to uh, the the boys' school, the real famous boys' school down in uh, Alabama or is it Mississippi? Um, I can't think of his name. The college? You went to Morehouse? That's okay. it. Very prestigious one. And so, I, we, we, but we got to get together on that. I started work at ECU July 1970. And I worked until December 1998. Uh, That's a long time. So how was the experience? You know, I, I'd imagine ECU is... I mean, I can't even imagine how different ECU is now from what it used to be at the time. So, right. ECU, I'll tell you one thing that happens at, at Joanna Library. At the time? Now. Oh. That happens now that I never got privileged to. Mm-hmm. Even now. 
um, when you retire, they usually invite you back for maybe some kinds of celebration and that sort of thing. I never get an invitation. Invitations I get from ECU is because I'm a county commissioner. Mm. And the reason why that's so, do you know? I was a strong person. I, I, um, I was strong and I had a strong character. Uh, I didn't, I didn't do much bending. Mm. I would bend, but if I thought this, this phone was green <laughs> and you said no it's blue I said well my eyes see it as green and mm-hmm. who are you to tell me that my eyes don't see it as green it may be a shade of green it's mint <laughs> but you might see it as blue so that's your opinion you're entitled to it mm-hmm. but don't tell me it's blue and I see it as green right and that's that's my character. And I usually stand up for it. You're gonna have to prove me wrong. So um I worked because Mr. Smiley knew my parents and he had influence over me through my parents. So um not only um my mother had worked for John Howell, he became ECU Chancellor. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had to mind my P's and Q's mm-hmm. while at ECU. But at the same time, I could maintain respect and honor. Because that's the character of what I was brought up in. But it was difficult. When you say difficult, it's like. What would that look like? You know, at the time it was predominantly like there were few black. Very few, very few. <clears throat> Matter of fact, when I was as a faculty member, I went to the beginning. Uh, they called that the the opening Sorry? meeting. I forgot they had a special name for it. Uh, the assembly, mm. the professors, uh, all the. Faculty mm-hmm. council went, mm-hmm, went to the meeting. And so I would look around and it was a sea of white. And um, after a while, after a year or two, and I said, shoot. That looked like a brother over there. <laughs> so I started waiting outside the door to oh, meet wow. people of color. There wasn't a mechanism for that. So uh, the papers that I have on file at ECU told how I organized the black faculty by standing outside of the, uh, I can't remember what they call that, that assembly now. And we were right across the street, one of them used to live. He came from, he was black, freckled face, he came from Durham. He was in the School of Education. And um, his wife stayed at home, and I said, well, we can meet at your house. <laughs> I'm bozo. He said, well, I said, well, I'm sure it's clean, though. You don't even cook. <laughs> you know? And that's, that's me. You know, I like to enjoy anything I get involved with. So we started meeting at each other's home. 
and we would talk about our um, activities and our social life at ECU, which wasn't any. Because when we were growing up, blacks couldn't walk on ECU campus. It was ECTC, and my my uncle used to help build one of the dorms. But if you got if you went on campus, you would get locked up for trespassing. Locked up. Even though it was a even though it was a public school. Locked up, like real locked up. You were trespassing. You were on a school. You had no business on campus. You were you were black. It was a white school for girls. Did you know that? When it was the teaching college. ECTC. Yeah. Because yeah, you from James. You, yeah. <laughs> I know your peers know. So yeah. see, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm going to call it. That's it. That's the way it was. And blacks didn't go on the campus. There yeah, wasn't much of a respect for what their rule was. If you went on campus, you better have a reason. Mm-hmm. But if you better not cut across campus if you want to get on the other side, you had to walk around. Wow. And that's the way it was. So considering how those situations were back then and now, do you think there has been progress? Nah. There are a lot of things change. Okay. It integrated. And that's when we were hired to integrate the faculty. As a matter of fact, I serve on, on the committee for women. There was a, a mm-hmm, the oh. dean of women uh, started a, a, a committee, and I was on that. And then on a lot of different things, but you had no way to. There was nothing at ECU that would give you a place of social interacting as uh, faculty members or staff. The janitors were janitors, and everybody else, the techs, was techs. And um, there were very few faculty members who were women. And there were two kinds of faculty members. The, uh, the exempt faculty and the state certified. In other words, you have, all of you had the credentials. But on SBA, is that you were on the track for state personnel act and the exempt personnel act meaning that you were faculty and you had to go through different kinds of rules for promotions and raises and stuff but as state you could get the raises automatically by the state rules and laws and there was not many of blacks just academic and those who were in administration that was at the SPA level even though you had to have credentials. So the the difference is that it scales itself now as being open door, acceptable, and integrated. Um, They had wanted me to do some recruitment for ECU of Blacks. Uh, by my father being a Methodist, I mean, I knew everybody around from here mm-hmm. to the coast and all around. And I did not. I refused. I did not want anyone that I recruited to have to, to suffer through what I had suffered through. I never got a raise the whole time I was at ACU. Never? From July 1970 to December 1998. That's almost 30 years. 
Yeah. I started making, oh, was it 20000 Was it that much a year? But anyway, when I left there, I was making $34,500, or something like that. After that many years, degree, certified um, librarian, and on when I got my master's in information specialist. I like South Carolina. I went to finish and get my degree for master's while at ACU. I took an educational leave and I got my master's from the University of South Carolina at Columbia. I liked it. The treatment was different. The reception was different of blacks. Uh, here, the professors sort of like looked down on you. You, know, you were not accepted no matter what you were, whether you had a degree or not. Um, I don't know any person now who is has been there and worked because I, I've asked, I said, how things there? Is it any better? Is there any racism? They said, yeah. I mean, today. I know I had to ask permission in in the 90s to go to the bathroom. I mean, and I had to ask the office secretary permission to go to the bathroom. I was the only one that had to do that. They wouldn't keep track of me. Join the library is not a small building, never has been. Yeah. So, so I couldn't walk from one department to the other. I had to let them know where I was going. And I would just, that was one thing I didn't do. I didn't tell them where I was going. I said, I'm, I'm in the field. I said, I'm leaving the department. So if I got a phone call, they could pick a message. That's what they were supposed to do. But the staff was basically, my. they were the ones who I had to toe the line to because they said, you need to do this and you need to do that. If they didn't, they run to the department head. And they became somebody of a overseer for me, the staff. Yeah. The high school students. Um, the high school, not the students, but the high school staff who were white. They weren't in the blacks like that. At that level, that was over a supervisor level. And I was supposed to be an assistant head. That that was something. So um, while all this was happening at ECU, <clears throat> what was like the experience for like blacks in Pitt County general? What what has it been like? You know. So I find that this area of Pitt County, the northern part of Pitt County, this is like the floodplain, right? This is like um, where there is much more poverty, if I do put it like that. Let me tell you something. Okay. ECU is the number three university in the state of North Carolina. This is the lowest uh, resourceful place uh, in the county. Less the educational population and all of that, and less than other places. And if students want to know, you, this is the first time any of the students have ever found me as a native of the county and want to know how Pitt County was and wanted to interview me as to whether I see ECU as an acceptable uni- university. Yeah. My grandson, 
went to ECU. And I went to his mother and father and said, I would not send you to ECU under any circumstances in this day and time because you would not be treated with respect and you won't be treated fair. You, you are not going to be grade no matter what you make. You are not going to receive the, the, the quality of what you are giving. I had students who used to come and cry when I was on desk doing reference service blocks. And they would come to me and say, everything I do, I can't get a, I can't get a B. I had students who come, like the two of you know each other, and she says, I don't understand that. She knows more about it than I do. And you wait, and she was back. Your grades are higher than hers. And you know that she's producing because she helps you with some of your work. But her grades are not going to be more than yours. And this is what I heard on the reference desk. So to help her, I used to sneak her to break some rules to help her get there, and she would help me to do it. But, but the thing of it is, is no matter what you produce or what you knew, it wasn't going to be accepted for the teacher. The girl came to me, she said, Miss Mary, how's it? She says, I went to this class, and professor, I won't call names, said, and I won't remember, and I'm not good with names anyway, <laughs> said, teacher looking all around. I'm so professor, so and so and so. In this class, some of you would never get more than a D. And look right at the black student. And you don't have blonde hair. Look over here, and this is a fine white girl, blonde hair, and had a legs crossed. And you don't even have to worry, no matter what, you're going to get a B. And with mm-hmm. the little work, you'll get an A. Mm. I heard that from students. Um, Sandra Bullock yeah. worked at, it was a student at ECU, and she used to come to the desk and talk to me. She wore black all the time, black fingernail polish, black this, black. And she said, I hate this school. I'm getting away from here. They are not teaching me, and I'm not learning anything. I said, so what you going to do, Sandra? She said, I'm going to New York. She says, I'm getting out this semester. I'm leaving here. I'm transferring. She went to New York. And she left New York and went to California. We did correspond, but Sandra Bullock was at ACU. And she used to come to the library and talk to me all the time. She says, this, this theater department is nowhere, not worse. I'm not learning anything. <laughs> well, good thing she was. Yeah. <laughs> and she left. She told me she was leaving. I told her, go for it. You ought to know whether or not you're gaining any knowledge or making any strides in your career. And then you're here to make that. And they're not meeting the level that you know, then you need to go. Because somebody's spending money on you. And that's what I told her. I said, don't forget me now. <laughs> but that's, Sandra Bullock was a, someone famous that who actually talked to me at ACU. 
So that's why. But but you see, you hasn't changed. Mm. When people retire from over there, who are black, their salaries, a lot of times, are at the level of the janitors and and, and this, and they are faculty and professors and they're teaching. Because, see, ECU gets money based on the integration of, of the faculty and the students. And if they have faculty teaching, how many how many black department heads are there at ECU? Have you seen any? Have you seen any? Not but of my department. I have Have you seen any? We're all gonna, in different departments. I'm going to ask you. Yeah. Look. Right. That tells you something. I mean, it, and this is not something that I'm making up. Blacks won't get to be a department head. Mm-hmm. I'm one of a few black students in my department, so definitely not. And head. you really have to scuffle. So... If the school accept people based on what they are doing in their credit, then there shouldn't be something that you can see a difference in. You mean there isn't a black good enough to be a department head? I know. The first one was the guy in the school of education, and I forget his name. He came here from somewhere south, and he became the department head. I can forget his name. I'm not good with names, but he's no longer there. They don't. They don't last. For, but the others stay there on and on and ever ever. I ran for state legislature, and I was at ECU faculty, and they would have private meetings for people who were running, and they never invited me. But they would invite somebody else That's wild. to the meeting. And then they would invite me to go sit and hear them because that was the privilege that I had as a faculty member. So, and that wasn't that long ago. So as a, the county commissioner, how is the relationship between like the county and the ECU as like, the biggest um, Entity, ECU is like the biggest entity in Pitt County. Our educational ECU. Well, now that ECU and Biden have combined with ECU Health, mm-hmm. they are like a. So how's we on the board, our, but you aren't gonna find me on that board. They, yeah, that's what I find too. Is that they don't. <laughs> they, they, and that's what I was thinking too. Is like my department has recently hired a few black professors for a sociology department, but you don't see them making it to the positions of, you know. Not even professor. They don't even call professor. Professor or professor emeritus. Mm-hmm. I see professor emeritus all the time in the library, mm-hmm. and rarely have I seen a so black person of that position. So what I'm saying to you is, how do you think I feel? Exactly. With a certification, top in my field, right. at the time I was there, and I never made more than thirty-four thousand five hundred dollars from 1970. To 1998. 28 years. I had two children to support. Cause my, my ex decided he wanted something better. So, but that was my responsibility. So I supported my children. But you understand? What could I? And he worked, and I had refilled out his application so he could work at Burroughs Welcome. 
he made good enough doing that, you know. They interviewed me when he went to get his interview. And I said, I don't want to work in a setting where you got to hear all this stuff about your husband and you're talking with and this and that. So I didn't do that. I wanted to be in the academic setting, so I stayed where I was. But um, the head of the plant really offered me a job. But I did not take it. I probably should have gone because I definitely would have gotten more money. Mm-hmm. Far more money. But money isn't everything. You've got to have a peace of mind and a heart for what you want to do. And all the students I think I helped, even just listening to Sandra Bullock and a young lady who couldn't get the book that she wanted, and I said, come back at 5 o'clock, you'll get it. Mm. So you understand? I said, and then when I tell you to bring it back, you bring it back. Just make sure it's in good shape. And I'll cover it. So I would get it and put it in my desk drawer. And when it five o'clock came, all the all the tallatales, you know what tallatale is? I see you from you from the east. <laughs> when they were gone, I put it in his bag for you. Get me a little bag, mm-hmm. take it home. This weekend you got three days to solve what you need and get take time to do it. Just make sure you keep it clean and come back. Bring it back nine o'clock morning, eight o'clock. Come in, put it right there. Come in, put it right there. I walk right by and go and get it, put it, put it where it's supposed to be. Nobody never do the difference. They put some light too. <laughs> Especially when it came was nice, you know. I didn't care. Because they are there to learn the education. And I didn't do that just for the black ones. Because if I were talking to me, me and Sandy really had a thing. But if I could do that, you know, then it didn't matter with me. Because after all, my neighbors were white. So, you know, and that's the way it was here. I mean, that interaction went with me from the neighborhood to the school. Yes. But the school didn't accept me. As my neighborhood, because mm-hmm. we had equal ranges of whatever. And most of the blacks out here owned their own land. Mm-hmm. But there was a difference between city people and country folks. Mm-hmm. So here is considered our country. Hmm? Yeah, this, this is country. country. Yeah. We live out in the city. Yeah. Oh. And that was true with whites now mm-hmm. and blacks. The black city people was snooping up here. And they didn't want to interact with the black mm. rural people. Because mm-hmm. they see them as country. And they didn't have And then the country folks had one of them city ones up there because they were living in apartments and everything else. We were owning everything out of our house. And we had cars. Because we had to have a car to drive to school. We had a car to get around. They had to try to walk down the street and whatever. We could ride, you know. <laughs> and we were driving before they got to be driving. Hey, so we, so we didn't care. So, I mean, and we, hey, it's all over. We hit your ride with the wagons. But you couldn't do that in the city now. So that, that's, a, that's ECU. ECU maintained that level of social life even to that. 
Like I said, I never got an invitation to come to anything until I became the county commissioner at BC. Mm-hmm. You know, I get invitations to the chancellor's house. I get invitations to the, the homecoming. I get an invitation for this and that. Because I want you to be genuine. I don't want you to invite mm-hmm. me because I have a position and a title. I'd rather go and sit out there with the students and hang out on the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I might learn something. <laughs> <laughs> I 